As that button hits, I realize again, we have no direction for today. But we do know that this episode is sponsored by FitAid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one day, one day. Probably not. FitAid, probably something better at that point. I, mean, I would hope so. Maybe not. I love Don't Fit offend FitAid if they yeah. have been listening. <laughs> if you're listening, FitAid, we don't want to offend you. But who knows? Is that good on you? That's fantastic, dude. All right. Pushing, putting it right in your face there. Ah. Oh, goodness. Well, Grandpa's persistent. Yeah, that's okay. He was, he was talking to somebody when I called him earlier, so I think he felt, he felt like he needed to talk to me, so he, did, he wants to make sure he gets a hold of me. Gotcha. I told him it was fine, though. I was like, whatever. What? Oh, that you'll talk to him later? Yeah. Tell me about it, Jake. <laughs> about what? Tell me about what we just talked about, about the documentary. Yeah. Just give me a general idea. You don't have to like go crazy, but if you go crazy, that's fine, I guess. This is cool. People's, yeah. listeners, watchers, viewers. Jake, like I walk in the door and Jake's like fired up telling me about a uh, documentary he's going to shoot about his family, about his grandpa, his life, mm. their lives, all coming together. So he's he was fired up about it. Yeah, I'm fired up about it. So he's he's. I've like, been wanting to do a documentary anyways. But hot off the press, this is about to get juicy. <laughs> this is hot off the press. <laughs> Nobody knows about this. I don't even know about this. <laughs> this is so hot that you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's so fresh that it's like, I don't know what's going on. But it's like God put in my life a couple months ago. Well, I've been wanting to do a documentary, but it's like, what do you do a documentary on? Like, you have no idea what to even start off with. Yeah. And uh, it's like God just put in my heart. He's like, I want you to do a documentary about your family. And it's not, it wasn't even for anybody to see it. Mm-hmm. It was for our family. Okay. Because it was something that was going to be almost like a, so that one, my grandparents, because they do play an important role in my life, that they wouldn't ever be forgotten in my family yeah. and my kids. But more importantly, that there's something bigger at work here than just your average grandparents in my mind, you know, or just your average family. I feel like God has uh, called my grandparents to do things all in their life. And their run of ministry has been so deep in our family that it doesn't end with them, that it continues with their kids and me and my kids. And it's something that will continue until the Lord comes back. You know, I feel like we are a bloodline that is to carry the gospel that is to release the word of God and, and be a prophetic voice in this land. And our family feels the same way. So it's hard to like talk about it like that because a lot of people don't understand anything I just said, like yeah. the prophetic voice in this land and they don't understand what I'm talking about, but it's, it's basically that God has called them from a young age, my grandpa, my grandmother and their families leading back pastors in the past coming down to us now carrying this mantle or this, the gospel and, and just everything that God's done in our life till now and who our kids will be. So our documentary is going to be about their upbringing, our upbringing and how it comes to this pivotal point that is right now and how our family is going to carry on what has been handed down. Pretty cool documentary for never shooting one. Good, cool idea for That's sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It's going to, uh, and it's so weird because like I started the planning today and I'm already emotional. Like I'm already invested in it because it's like God is, he's like show me this picture in my head. And I've told you this about filming before. Yeah, It's like I can be on set and God gives me the creative idea. Like I can see it before yeah. it's even put into it's like, a, fruition. It's a unique ability. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a gift. it's something that he's given me. It's a gift, know? for sure. And, and I find myself doing that a lot. If it's weddings, if it's here, yeah. I see a shot, like the box the other day, and just something like that. Yeah. Like I shot through a, just a, what is it? Just a, a box, yeah, like for, we do box jumps on. Yeah, just the handle, and I could see a shot through it, and I was like, I want to make this look cool, and it turned out really cool. I liked it. Um, but it's just like little things like that. Well, God has just been, I say, like downloading this direction for it the questions to be asked, how to piece it together. Like it's already being formed in my head 
and I haven't even put boots on the ground yet. Yeah. So I know that it's something from God if he's given it to me like that. Yeah. And the expectation of what it's feeling in my heart that it's going to be, like I told you, it feels heavy on me. Like it's feeling heavy because one, it's a, it's a responsibility for me to be like, I need to portray my family correctly and not come across any other way than what God's intended it to be. Like, I don't know what it's going to turn out like. I know that it's going to be interesting. So I'm excited about it. <laughs> but that's not even half of it. The part that I'm like emotional about is we just had a podcast talking about like what your calling is. And it's like, if I can be completely honest, I could do anything in this world and I will never feel like I'm doing my calling until I start preaching. And I say it and I, you talk about it and people have seen it in me and they've seen it in my family. And it's like, I could do whatever I want. Like photography, it's great. Like hunting is fun. You know, take anything that I do, but I've never felt more satisfied than when I'm with my word and when I'm teaching myself and I'm asking God to help me and, and I'm just trying to elevate my relationship with him. Marriage is right there with it, but right above that is just this desire to be everything God has called me to be. And I feel like every time I look at my life, I'm like, yeah, you did great on that wedding, but it's like, mm, mm. like I it, never feel satisfied. It pales in comparison to what you feel like you should Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm not running from it. I just haven't activated these things. And that's another thing about the documentary is it's not, it's almost the passing of the torch. Like it's like this mantle from my grandparents because they're getting up there, you know, they're, they're in, they're going into their eighties or if they're not already there, both of them, but they're strong and they're still going strong. They're still pastoring. They're still preaching. They're still bringing a word to somebody that needs it. Like, that's the spirit God has placed in them. And that's the spirit that's inside of me too. Like it's the Holy spirit. It's in every one of us and how much we give to him or take away from him. That's on you, you know, but the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you. That same spirit that he preached with is inside of you. The power to heal the sick, all of these things is inside of you. And it's, it's what we give to him or what we study with him. Like, like the other day, like I was talking about like imitating when you're a kid, you imitate like what you see. And I was blowing, you know, the spirit of God and I was imitating, but I didn't understand the power behind that. And a lot of times I think that we imitate church, we imitate our relationship with God, but until you've actually got in there and you have a relationship with him, you don't understand like what's actually happening. Like take, for instance, Jesus, he walked up to the disciples and they'd been trying to cast this demon out forever, you know, and they're like, they've been casting demons out left and right, but this one is not working. And it's like, to them, that would be discouraging. But Jesus says, uh, some of these take fasting and prayer. Yeah. And to me, that was like, in order to understand to get rid of some of these things in your life, you have to have deeper relationship. You have to be more on sync with the Holy Spirit to understand what is actually happening in this scenario. You know what I mean? In order to, to get rid of this or to do something in this part of life, you need to have a deeper relationship with God. Because it's just another level. And there's another level that God wants to take you to. And certain things, you need to have an intimacy with God that is beyond what you're doing now. And it's just like, that's where I'm at. I, I just like, you know me, my whole life shook up all the time. <laughs> I'm not eating right. I'm not doing good enough over here. Oh, I'm not a good name. father. I'm trying to be that's a better father. I'm trying to be a better son to God. I'm trying to be a better husband. Like my whole life, I'm always dissecting and seeing where I can become better. Yes. And it's like right now, this heaviness is like, it comes periodically in life and it's like, I'll read, I start getting into my word and start, God starts bringing my relationship up and I start getting more wise in the word and everything like that. And then something will normalize it and then we'll go back to normal and then it'll come again in a couple months. And it's like, it just, re, it just keeps reviving this same thing that makes me feel happy. And that's being in the presence of God, being a voice for God. Like that's where my heart is at, you know? So I told you I'm heavy. I'm like, weeping in my office looking at this stuff looking up things that my grandfather's preached on youtube like it just gets me jacked up because that's my heritage that's where i came from and that's where i was called to be so you got quiet over there <laughs> no dude i didn't want to interrupt you i just I know it's just it's too much talking 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 but it's just today i'm wrecked i'm wrecked because i know what i'm supposed to be doing 
and how I get there, I don't know. But I know the first step is shooting this documentary. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first step? Yeah, because it's like God doesn't just do one thing. He's going to tie everything together. It's not just me that's involved. It's my wife and her, where she came from with her daddy being a pastor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my mom coming from my grandparents, but it's my sister and her husband and where he came from and, and what he's going to do for the, the kingdom of God. And so you have all of these people that are in this family that all have the same direction. And God has this almost, I'm not going to say the same calling. Everybody has their own calling, their own piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it's all leading more people to the kingdom of God. And if, if our family's called to do this, I don't want it to be the one like it was convicting the other the last podcast. Like, is it going to die with you? Do you know the responsibility of these both families coming together that miracles, signs and wonders have happened their whole life? And I'm not just saying that, like I'm saying there's been stories and they've been in my grandparents went to Argentina and saw, you know, they missionaries there for four or five years Miracle signs and wonders. Come back over here. Miracle signs and wonders. My, my grandfather, if you are struggling having a baby, I'm not even lying to you. I've seen it probably five, six couples. Barren. Cannot have kids. We bring them in. My grandfather would lay hands on them. We pray that God would open their womb. And now some of them have five, six kids and getting pregnant the next year. Like God, <laughs> I'm telling you, he's a God of abundance. And whenever, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, my, my grandfather is a miracle worker. It's the power. And I told you, he sits in a chair. He's in his word. Like he, this is their life. My grandparents are the same way. My grandmother the same way in her word. And, and they're continually in a, in a state of prayer and worship within themselves. You go to their house, you can feel the presence of God. Yeah. And so it's like, what do you expect? When I, that's the kind of reality I wanted. That's the kind of reality I search for. I don't want a fake gospel. I don't want to go preach that you can be healed by God and no healing comes. I don't want that. Who wants that? I don't want to preach from the pulpit or I don't want to lay hands on somebody for healing to come and it not work. That's a false gospel to me. I want the real deal. I want God's miracles working all the time. What's so bad about that? (laughs) You know, like I don't like he said, I don't want to be fake. Why do you what fake gets us nowhere? But when someone has an encounter with God and actually feels the love of God and actually sees the power, the miracles are for the unbelievable unbelievers, you know, these things happen so that you can understand that God is actually real in this, in this world, not some fake Bible world somewhere else. It's here that God can touch you. If you're barren and need a kid, God can heal your womb. He brought life. You know what I mean? But it's like these little things that have happened throughout my life with my grandparents and being underneath this covering of my grandparents, that I've seen these actual miracles with people that I know. And it's like, it's real to me. It may not be real to you because you've never experienced, I'm not talking to you, I'm saying like to people listening, it may not be real to you because you haven't experienced the real God yet. You might have seen the fake God, you might have seen fake things here and there, but if you haven't experienced the actual touch and real move of God, then I don't blame you for not believing that he's real. But when you feel it and you see it and you experience it, you'll know that God is actually real. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> of all the times that I'd say boom, it was right there. There it is. Oh. All right, podcast over. See y'all next week. <laughs> 13 minutes in. 13 minutes in. Sorry, it started off like hardcore right That's there. good. But it's just like. It's in you right now. I know. I'm you were in the feels. I knew like you were talking. I was like, sit down. <laughs> Let's go. Let's start rolling. Let's catch you while you're fired up. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to come up. I mean, I have a, a feeling. I have an, 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 an unction. Is that a word? Unction is like a move of something. Yeah. I have an unction of what is going to actually happen from the pod, from the podcast, from the Well, yeah, the podcast too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Both. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I... I um, Okay, not not concerns. No, not concerns. Um, looking, because knowing how how knowing your detailedness and your um, desire to make everything with excellence, mm-hmm. right, doesn't worry me. That's not what I'm worried about. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I know it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Like this could be a year endeavor. Yeah, maybe more. It's going to be be a, a long thing. commitment. 
Yeah. It could be. I mean, it could be something you knock out in six months potentially, but it may take a year, may take two. I don't know. Yeah. But I know that like, if you're going to do something, you're going to do it right. And you're going to do it with excellence. Yeah. For it to have the right Mm. look and for what I'm going for, it's going to take some work. You want something that's like TV quality, right? I do. That's the goal. Yeah. 8K. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not talking about that kind of quality. You know what I'm talking about. I know. I want it to be something that is is intriguing. I want it to be something that makes a mark. Like it makes a a dent. Like that's what I want. I don't want just some. Who's going to narrate it? uh, Probably you. Probably you. I don't think I have a good enough voice for it. You don't think so? No, I mean, most, I I feel like most documentaries are kind of narrated by the storytellers. No. You've, you've heard them. I mean, I know there's like, and in Africa, the drafts, like that kind of stuff. But I'm talking like. No, like a lot of the documentaries, most documentaries are not uh, told by the people who are, they're documenting. Well, you know, like they do interviews and you hear their stories and like those stories sure. are playing over clips. Like they're Yeah, for that. sure. But there's like an overarching like narrator who like. So you're saying like the guy that's the storyteller trying to find out all this stuff. That's right. Then it would make sense. It'd be me. Because you're the one that's doing the, the digging. Shooting it. Yeah. yeah. I know I'm directing it. I just. Yeah. I was thinking like I thought you were talking about like voiceover stuff. I'd be like, no, nah, I'd probably hire that out. No, you got that. The voice. You have the voice. Probably my grandfather. Yeah. His voice on a on a mic sounds pretty good. He's Does got a radio voice. Yeah. Not from the YouTube video I watched. No. <laughs> it was like terrible. It was terrible quality. quality. Yeah. <laughs> that was a spare moment. Probably someone on their phone. Yeah. It definitely looked like somebody on their cell phone. Yeah. It definitely wasn't through like the actual like audio recording from that church and stuff. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> no. It was a long time ago too. I don't know. Oh, was it? Was. I think it's two thousand. That's way back. Oh, really? Yeah. It was way back. Okay. But it's like uh didn't look that old. Yeah. Um I mean I'd say probably 2015. Probably. Oh, okay. okay. I, mean, that I believe that's old, believable. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was thought you were gonna say like early two thousands. So I was like, oh, that quality looked better than yeah. early two thousands. So and it's not just from him, it's my grandmother's side too. Like everybody has a part in this. So Yeah. I'm excited, man. That last podcast, I mean, it's like confirmation after confirmation, like things that have been coming up lately, but it's like I just I that hunger there is it never goes away. The zealousness that God's put in my life to want to be better for him. It's just always there, always present, yeah. you know, and it's not like, it's like what we talked about. It's not about being good. Like I can read my Bible all I want. That's not what it's about. It's not even what God wants. No, that's not what he wants. He wants this sold out, like emotional relationship, intimate relationship with him. And it's so hard to describe it because I don't think people understand that, like that level of what you should desire from God. But take like, I mean, he's a father, but he's like the father of fathers. Like he is, he is someone there. He's a counselor. I mean, you talk about the Holy Spirit, like who he is to you. He's a counselor. You know, he, he brings me hope. He brings me peace in times of need. Like he's everything. He should be the source of everything we're doing. And if he's not, then is it worth even doing? You know, like it, it gets to a point, like, like I said, I can go hunting, I can play golf and, but there's always this time that I look at it and I'm like, is this, is this what I should be doing? Not that it's bad, not that it's wrong. It's just, I feel like there's a calling that's higher than that. I feel like there's a relationship with God that you should, you should be saddened when you're not with him because I want to be with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Even I think even Paul said like, I long to be with you, he says but that. I have to be here. Yeah. Like you should be desiring to be with Christ, be, be with God, your father. And, but you're not of this world. You're of his kingdom. Now that you're changed, you're an ambassador for him and your work is an ambassador. Like it's, it's carrying his business here in the earth, you know? And it's like, when you start looking at it like this, you're like, man, am I wasting God's time? Am I wasting the gifts that he's placed in my life? You know, I can do this stuff. And yeah, it's fun. And I don't want to be the religious person that says, oh, you can't go have fun. You can't do this. You can't go hunting. You can't do this. Because we, we've talked about God meets you in those places. Yeah. He really does. But it's like when I look at it, it's like there's this deeper, deeper pool that, yeah, I can do those things, but I don't find joy in them like I used to because I've tasted him and he's way better than anything I can find here. So now my hunger is switched. Like I don't want to, I don't care about being so good at hunting I care more about how do I, how do I have a relationship with him? That it's like a tipping point. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's, it, it gets heavy on you because you're like, 
I feel like I don't have enough time now. Like, I just want to get more of them. And it's like, I feel like, but it's all working for this time. Like it's, like I said, it's a pivotal time. It's a time in my life. It's a time in everyone's life that we're coming to this point where we have this choice to really sell out to God. I told you, I did it with my wife. There was a point that came that I was like, man, I either have to be in love all the way or I'm not, I have to stay right here and just be kind of like in this wishy-washy area. We're like, I love my wife, but do I love, love, love my wife enough to do anything for her? It's the same thing with God and your relationship. You go to church, you read your Bible sometimes, but is there this point that you're like, man, I want more and he deserves more. That's where this point is in my life. And it's like, how do you deal with that, man? Give him more, I guess. I don't know. Give yourself more. I don't, what, would you, what would you say to that? I was going to ask you a question. Let's hear it. I was going to ask you, okay, this is, now some people will totally get this and some people won't, and there's a reason why. But I want to ask you this because I think it's important that people understand. The question is, why? Why what? Why the desire? Why this pull? Like, what is it, Jake, that makes it so important man i don't know yeah you do you do why it makes it so important for me to have that no yeah what is it what is so important about this calling this desire it's a hard question but it at is. the same time you do know the answer you know it there's people out there that need to be reached you know i think that's one part it's a big part yeah um but i try to look at your calling not just so close-minded I don't think that God's pushing for this relationship just for earth. I think it's what he has after for you. I think it's that that intimacy with him, like, like I said, it doesn't care. He does not care about what you've done or how you do your, what you're doing or the little check marks that you've made about how good of a person you are. We already know that. Right. We talked about <laughs> that. But for me, that desire, that pool is because as scriptures like, if you loved me, you would, you would do my commandments. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit is in love with the Father. And he's in love with righteousness. He's, lo- he's in love with doing good, being good, being holy. Yeah, being holy, being righteous. He didn't call right. us to be good. He called us to be holy. Yeah, and so he doesn't rejoice in evil. He rejoices in righteousness. Like yeah. now you take the scripture in Corinthians that everybody says at a wedding and you start really dissecting it and you start seeing that if God is love, then you see what God is like. He doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing and all these things. And so what's happening is, is he's taking you as a person when you fall more in love with him. He's taking you in a person and all your fleshly things and all your old thoughts and your understanding and he's transitioning it over to his. And so he, he's trying to build a kingdom of people that flow like he does, that look like him, that act like him, and that have the same mindset as him because he's perfect and he wants a perfect kingdom. That's why he's coming back to a perfect bride, not because of what we've done, but because he had to reconcile us to himself through the blood of Jesus. He healed you. He saved you. He cleansed you to become better than what you are now. We're behind the better. (laughs) It's, I mean, it is, but it's like, what is the source that's going to get me there? How do I become better? Yeah. And it's like, he is behind the better. He is better. And we're striving for this relationship with him. And if not, maybe you haven't fell in love with God yet. Maybe you need to fall in love with God. Yeah. And like I said, that comes with an encounter. You know, like you can see somebody over there doing their own thing. Like if you're in the dating world and... You see somebody like, man, they're cute, like awesome. I'd love to date them and walk on with your life. Yeah. But until you have an encounter, and it's so funny because I was watching these movie things, those like typical movie things, like someone, there's always got to be an encounter in a love story. They bump into each other, drop their books, he helps her, and they like make eye contact. There's always these weird little things that have to happen. Cliche movie things, yeah. Yeah. And so we have this encounter with God and it, and it pushes you to want that. I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Yes. And no. What are you trying to pull from it? Is there something that you feel no, is that? No. Okay. I mean, uh, I think you did answer it yet. Yeah. You did answer it. Uh, I was looking for a more simple version. 
<laughs> what did you want me to say? Pastor Dr. Phil's on a roll. Oh, yeah. No, He's I didn't want you to say anything. Your answer is definitely adequate. Um, I had I had it in my head, but you were still talking, and I wouldn't want... I was trying not to interrupt <laughs> you. You shut up. Yeah, sorry about that. Gosh, man, I gotta stop. No, it's good, dude. It's good. You, you're... Um, when you're flowing, I'll, just, I'll let, it, let it rip. But uh, no, I, I mean, like... Um, I can't remember now. I had, it's like, my fault. It's okay. It's all good. No, like what I was, what the why, okay, right? I mean, you said it, it is to advance his kingdom, right? God truly, truly loves us and he wants and desires to be with us. He wants us to be with him, right? But there's a separation, right? And that separation is our own sin, mm-hmm. right? Our own flesh. And unless we can accept who he is, we will never be able to close the, gla- uh, the gap, right? We have to accept who he is. And that closes the gap. And that's where the holiness comes in. That's where that righteousness comes in. We're talking about the why in my mind is because there's people who don't understand how to close that gap. Yeah. Right? And it's... I mean, you did answer that because you said to advance his kingdom, and that's the truth, yeah. right? Well, I bisected it to you, and I said my relationship went further than this earth. Yeah. That's where I kind of took it more so. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, and that's okay because I, did, I didn't, like, put any parameters on it. But the simple answer is that there's people that need to know who he is mm-hmm. and know who he really is, right? And if there's not people that – if there's people that do not step up – and fulfill that role, God will always find a way to reach people, mm-hmm. whether it's through a person, a donkey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, right? It could be a circumstance in life, whatever Those it is. Things. He's always, yeah. <laughs> Those are hard ones. Hard ones, right? But he's always, he'll always find a way, Yeah. right? But it's so much easier if Jake and Dell <laughs> can have a conversation and then something you go, man, I've never thought of it that way. And you have a epiphany moment, yeah. right? That's so much easier than I lost somebody in my life. I uh, had a car accident or, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Strung out on drugs, lost my job. These, these significant moments in life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's so much easier, but it's so hard sometimes for people too. But I think the why, the reason what I was trying to pull out of you, the why the simple answer is because people need to know who he is. Mm. Plain and simple. Bottom line. Huh? Bottom line. You know what I mean? And if they don't have that relationship, they'll never know. Yeah. Simple answer. <laughs> I like your simple <laughs> But you were just like rocking. He was Dr. Filling it hard, Pastor Dr. Filling it. I love it. It's good though. It's just, he keeps, he just gives me these like things in my heart. Like that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's for like, sure. I can, I know. I know. Once you get like, like something. I know that's so weird though. Like I'm speaking from like the, how he talks to me. Yeah. Like that's why I just try to like release it that way. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to be a man of many words or try to be elegant words or anything yeah. like that. It's just these are the depths. Like when I talk to the Lord and I ask him a question, these are the depths that I feel that he you takes feel, me Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's the whole the, like what's beyond earth. Like who knows that? <laughs> right. But it's like how does the Holy Spirit know to tell me that? Like yeah. it's that it's just it's like this is so minute what we're going through. Like we're at the beginning. Like I told you last time, we're we're actually in the engagement period with the Lord. We haven't even become married to him yet. Yeah. And so what happens after marriage for most people is you just go back to normal and everything's just kind of whatever. But with God, it's not that. Like it's, it's hope not. No, it's not. <laughs> Can't be. Can't be. I don't receive that. You know what that's, I mean? It's just like Yeah, it's so wild. I've never thought about like I mean obviously I've thought about going to heaven and like there's scriptures that talk about we'll be on our faces. Yeah. You know, just worshiping him, right? You're like, that's boring. <laughs> I know <laughs> oh, the thought. For sure. I fall asleep at the altar. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> Pastor Greg over here falling asleep, yeah. waking up. <laughs> I love it. Jesus is like, lay hands on that man. <laughs> yeah. So good. But, you, oh, you definitely have thought that. I mean, I'd be, I'd be a hypocrite to say I've never I know. That. As a kid, you're like, man, that's As a kid, as an, <laughs> as an adult. As an adult. all we're doing in heaven. Let's be honest. <laughs> But I think, I think, uh, I know. Yeah. 
as you've matured, you understand yeah. what that's actually going to be like. I think. I don't think we understand. I, I don't I've think had, we understand. Like, I've honestly asked God for a glimpse of what that's like. Like, why, why is all of creation saying the same thing up there? Yeah. They're like, he's holy, holy, holy. holy. holy, holy. He's yeah. worthy. He's worthy. Yeah. And I'm like, take right now, sitting here, I want you to actually believe and think and ponder that Jesus actually was king of the universe and God actually loved you so much that he sent his only son and that he actually was whipped and hung on a cross for you. Yeah. And then I want you to see him sitting in heaven and tell me he's not worthy. I want you to think of every sin you've done in your life, everything that you actually deserve, all the pain and agony that you brought to other people. And he took all of that away for you yeah. so that you weren't going to be punished for eternity and then put him on a throne. And I'm like, Ooh. when you walk into that room or you see him for the first time, it is just, it's going to break you because think, you're going to actually, I think you're right. Feel yeah. what he did. And yeah. when the actual truth, truth of the word of God is present, not faith in the things that are unseen, but the things that are unseen are revealed. Yeah. You're going to realize who he really is and it's going to completely wreck your life. Yeah. And I think there's nothing else that you could do. You're going to, you're going to cry holy. You're going to cry worthy because he is worthy and he is holy. And you're going to actually understand what holy and worthy actually mean because that's his definition. You're going to know what love actually is and who he is to you. And when you have that revelation, that is what's going to bring you down. And you're going to realize it, that this whole life, everything that was made was through him. And you're going to have this reverence for him. That's what it's about. Like that's the, that's the relationship you're chasing is to know him more like that to where it's a no brainer who I serve. Yeah. It's no brainer what I do. I follow the Holy Spirit because I owe it to him. I want him in my life. I want him as a guiding tool because you said it. You cannot lean on your own understanding because your understanding is wicked. It doesn't understand him. Yeah. So we, we give over, you die to yourself and you pick him up because you want to live in that kingdom. You, you want to live and you want him to be your king because he's worthy to be the king. That's where it comes down to. We have gods all in our life, but he is the only one that deserves that title. That's the realization I think you have when you step into heaven. I agree. See? 100%. <laughs> like I asked him one day, I was like, tell me what it is. <clears throat> yeah. Why are they doing this? Yeah. Now I don't see it as boring. Yeah. I thought at first it was like, this is going to be boring. Yeah. Everyone's like, I want to hunt and I'm going to be fishing big bass. And it's like, <laughs> dude, if you could stand up, I bet you would be hunting. <laughs> as um, you wear your hunting shirt. I know. <laughs> I mean, God gave us some fun stuff to do here. He did. Earth. I think. I mean, he wouldn't have given these things to do if he didn't want us to enjoy them. Yeah. That's the truth. Well, I think about in the garden, he killed, or it's, you know, Adam and Eve. At first, they dressed themselves in fig leaves. Like idiots. But when, he, <laughs> when they're walking out, yeah. they're covered in lamb's fur. Yeah. That means God had to kill something. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bo, seven million, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what he did. Seven millimeter bag. Probably, he's probably an archer because he talks about shooting arrows all the time. So. Right. But I think it's cool because even then it depicted Jesus and nobody can, a lot of people don't pick up on stuff like that. These are yeah. hidden gems in the Bible that Jesus was actually prophesied about right then. Yeah. That something has to die for sin and he yeah. cut, he clothed them in lamb's fur and he yeah. is the lamb of God. Yeah. It was already right there. And that's in the first book that Jesus was super evident in. I just think that's so cool. God is, he's like a puzzle maker, man. He's so good at what he does. <laughs> he's good at confusing us all. <laughs> Some of his stuff is extremely confusing. He's like, you figure out something and you're, he's like, you're welcome. <laughs> I just wish God would And here's another me. one for you. Yeah. Chew on this one for the next six months. Yeah. Teach me revelations, please. Like, yeah. Everybody would love to know that, but that is some confusing stuff. There's some really good books on that. Actually, our pastor flowers are mm -hmm. my childhood pastor has a book on revelations. But he wrote one. Yeah. Oh, cool. So he's, I mean, he's got a pretty, I mean, goodness, like understanding revelations, but he yeah. has a, a pretty good like take on it. It's pretty That's good. Cool. He's actually preached it here. Not too long ago. 
Oh, really? Where does he preach out of? Just sometimes here at your church? No, like, I mean, it's been a while since he's pastored. No. Um, he was my childhood pastor till I was, I think, 13. Mm. And then he w- pastored at a few other churches in and out. Yeah. I think he like, kind of church planted a little bit. Um, and helped out other churches, like when they needed somebody in the district to step up and like take over a church for a temporary uh, position, yeah. he would do that and step up. Yeah. Anyways, he's, he's got a good book on it. Oh, um, that's really good. Yeah, he's he's taught about it before. So yeah, not too long ago, in fact. Sorry, I'm getting you, this up because I want to ask you some of these. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I just want to like uh, I don't know, hit on some of these. Oh wow, you got a list list. Let's yeah, go. There's some. Um, should I be asking you these? Because you already know the answers. No, I don't need to talk no more. <laughs> That's not true. So did we ever talk about when did God like impact you? Like when can you name a time that was like a super encounter yeah, with God? We have, but I can, I can rehash it. Like, Is there any briefly. other ones? Like, is there another <clears throat> time in life that God's really impacted you other than the first one that you said? Absolutely. Um, another one was whenever I had Cambry understanding the love of the father whenever I saw Cambry for the first time. I'm about to make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> now, the first time I saw Cambry, it made me understand more the love of the father for me. It was a huge impact. Like, like wow. Yeah. I love this kid this much that I'm willing to die for this child right now, the first second I've ever seen her. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, God did the, that for me 2,000 years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean? So pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a huge realization for me, like a huge impactful moment, without a doubt. That is yeah. I don't know. That's just something that you have to just I think that's a right? it's a fatherhood thing for sure. Um, but I think it's also if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you understand the love for your child, but you don't understand the love of the father for you. That's it, true. You know what I mean? What would you say to someone who just gave their life to the Lord? Like, what do you tell somebody? Like, if they, they gave their life to the Lord, what would you encourage them to do? What would you, what advice could you give them? Pray, read your Bible, spend time around new people who are also praying and reading their Bible. Yeah. Because you're going you're gonna to soak up more information and more uh, uh, habits around from people who are followers of Christ. So can you and will you obviously on your own be able to uh, absorb Christ, who Christ is through the word and prayer. Absolutely. But I think it's really important that spending other time with people who, to encourage you is really important mm-hmm. because it also be, creates these opportunities for accountability, especially early on. Right. And I think that like, so like this was, this was like a conflict I had when I was younger, like <clears throat> people coming into my life and they accepted Christ without knowing who he was at all, mm-hmm. you know, and they would say things after they accepted Christ. And I'm like, Ugh. But I'm like, it's not time yet. Like what? They would just use words and like say phrases, you know, and stuff. And I'd be like, you know, and to me, I wouldn't say that word. Like a cuss word? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't use that, right? But to them, that conviction was not there yet. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, it's not time to reveal that. You're talking about like you talking talking to them, them, right? It's not time to reveal that. Why? Because there's so much more important things. How old were you? At that time, I was probably 2021. 20, whenever I was having those kind of thoughts, you yeah. know, late teens, early 20s. Yeah, you know what I, was I mean. Say if you're like kid time, that's pretty mature. Like, <laughs> oh no, like, yeah. I'm I was like the Lord to handle this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I've been but it's, it's true though, right? You need to be around people who are going to encourage you, help keep you accountable, and ho- hopefully they understand that though. That like accountability is um, should be to it like in, in in phases. Yeah. Right. You can't just like every time, like if a new Christian came along and like every time they did something that you thought was wrong, bam, bam, bam. You know yeah. what I mean? It just So on the flip side of that, what do you do if you're the one that's being told like, hey, you need to stop doing X, Y, and Z? How do you tell them to deal with that? Like coming from a Christian base and what you've been in your whole life, yeah. what is the mindset that a new believer should have? So flip it to the other side and be like, I should be going into this relationship with God thinking this way. You know, because they don't know this side of it. Yeah. They don't know the side of, oh, God convicted me to get rid of. I mean, I remember church camps. So, you're dumping CDs. You're dumping everything. Like, yeah, you're going yeah. crazy. Yeah. So here's the deal is I think that, like, some people have, uh, or I think that, like, Christians have their preconceived ideas and what sin is to them. Okay. Right? 
And I think until the Holy Spirit, like, I do believe that the, somebody can speak into your life and say, man, I think this needs to be checked. Right. And if it's something serious, like you just got saved and you're still sleeping around, we should probably <laughs> have that discussion pretty quickly. Right. But you, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I think that the Holy Spirit will convict you when the time is right as well. So there's, yeah. Um, if someone comes to you and says, you know, hey, dude, like you shouldn't be saying that or whatever. You know what I mean? Obviously, you should have an open heart and open mind to like, okay, that's cool. But the Holy Spirit will convict you when the time is right to reveal the sin to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think just keeping an open heart, open mind um, is super important. But at the same time, God, he'll convict you whenever the time is right. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Obviously, your your <laughs> things like I just said, like adultery, you know, you're sleeping around on your wife, that kind of thing. Yeah. If, if that brother or that accountability person that you're like looking up to doesn't say those right away, okay, we should probably find somebody new. Is that, oh, the Bubby's doing the same thing? Yeah, yeah, oh, probably a bit probably. Probably, probably a problem. <laughs> That's a bad problem. Yeah. But you do you agree with that? Like, God will reveal yeah. things to you. For sure. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying like he can't use someone, and, I, and he often does, and he should, right? Use us to be accountable mm-hmm. to other people. Or use each other to be accountable, but um, he will also he he's the primary person that reveals. In my my opinion, the way I view it, he reveals mm-hmm. when the time is right because you're not ex- ready to accept every single little, little thing in your life. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Is your life going to be radically changed, and yes. all these things going to be like there's going to be a whole thing, a pile of things that are just like whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> But dude, you're being molded. Yeah. That doesn't happen overnight. It's tough. Yeah. And on and on someone's side that's been a Christian for a while, that maturity of knowing like, hey, this is a this is a marathon. <laughs> like, Not a sprint. Don't yeah. over oppress these people. Yeah. Like that becomes them. that's maturity though. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. So I'm trying to like help both people on this yeah. relationship. Yeah. Like if you've been in church a long time, you've got to understand, remember, like these people are just now they're babies. Yeah. They just came in and we have to really protect them and, and lead by example so that they can start seeing like how a relationship should look like and not feel so like, like you said, you go into, you do a heart surgery, you're working on the heart, but you don't do a heart surgery, replace the leg (laughs) all at one time. All at one time. Yeah. They're going to die on the table. They're going to die on the table. And so we have to like really make sure. That's a great analogy. Yeah. We're going to make sure as Christians that we're, that we are, don't just get somebody in your, in your life saved, but help them walk till they can walk on their own. They're babies. They can't walk really well. So hold their hand and help them get to where they need to go. So God can start building in them. We plant the seed, or he waters. All right, what is it? Um, I just lost that one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? What are we talking about? We plant the seed, God waters, and then the harvest comes. You yeah. know, like it. It's uh, we need to. Really I, I, I just left you to let, yeah, left you slaughter yourself the, on that one. To the wolves there. <laughs> Jake don't know what he's talking about. That's not in the Bible at all. <laughs> I'm sure it is somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Let's see. It talks about harvest and yeah, the there. The seeds are there. <laughs> seeds. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So we on the same page on that one. Yeah, got to sure. be really careful, man, on both ends, right? Be be receiving if you're a baby Christian, get in the Word, pray, hang around with people who like are also saved and in the Word and praying. Right? Yeah. Have you uh, have you experienced the prophetic Word of God? Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah, for sure. Can you explain to me what that means to you? Mm, uh, what it means to me when someone yeah. speaks something into your life. And then you see it come to fruition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when I was a teenager, like I never ever thought of myself as like a front runner type person, like a, like someone who always is up front and always is like leading this or that. Right. And I think I was about 16 or 17 and um, guy that I barely knew. We we're on a mission trip and we're praying one night and he's like, uh, Dale, you know, like he's, he starts praying for me. He tells me, he's like, Dale, you are not David, but you are like, you are the, you are David's mind, one of David's mighty warriors. You were one of the guys who, whenever he was done with battle, the sword his was still stuck to his hand because he couldn't put it down. Right. Yeah. 
And I was like, makes perfect sense to me <laughs> because I, I will fight for you all day long, but I'm not David. Yeah. That's not my calling. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the questions is, is like, what, um, what is, is that a prophetic word that has pushed you to where you're calling is today? Like wh- how, how did that night? Yeah, no, I think, you? I think so. Okay. I think what it helps me understand is, is that, um, in not being the, the person who's up front and understanding that's not my calling, it makes me okay with never, ever being in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Cause too often people get their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not getting recognition. Everybody loves a attaboy and a pat on the back, you know, every once in a while. But you also, if you're if you are called to be David's mighty warrior and not David, you better understand that you're only going to be mentioned and never you're not even your name. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just a dude out there swinging a sword sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to understand that. So me understanding my calling is not that guy. Not. I'm not that guy. <laughs> it makes me not need to, to, I don't need somebody validation going or. validation from other people. I don't need somebody saying my name and thank you, brother Dale for your, that word or for Are lead you brother Dale. <laughs> oh, that's your name. Oh, no. But do you, under, Dale. do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It makes me, and, and it's a, but you said that that bears witness to you. Like, you're like, that's yeah. who I am. I, that's who I want to be. Like, yeah. we talked about it last time, and I didn't want to make you feel like I was like pushing something. <laughs> now that I rewatched this morning, I was like, what was a, like jerk. a jerk. <laughs> no, you're not. So, that, but that's something that I didn't know is like, that's what you feel your calling has been is to be a warrior for yeah. the leader. Or yeah, how would you well, say that? Yeah, maybe. So. Yeah, yes. There's been people in my life that I've been able to stand beside and fight alongside of them. And they were lifted to great things. And my name was never mentioned. You know what I mean? Hmm. And it has always, always has and always will be okay with me. Yeah. Because I know what my role is. You know, does that make sense? Mm. Well, I will mention Brother Dale one day. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Too funny. Well, that's, what, that's just a couple of the ones I want to ask you. I just wanted to see, like, interesting. Just trying. Right. I'm glad you like thought about some of that stuff. Yeah, it's just I after this morning watching that podcast, I was like, man, I need to like figure out like what makes Dale tick. Like, what is it? <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's a calling on your life because you are protected. I mean, like you were in a family that preached the gospel. Like, you have a calling. I just was wondering. I mean, you, what it was. Yeah. What I mean, is, you see, I don't have a problem leading. Yeah. But it's it's not. Um, What's the right way to put this? Um, I don't have a problem leading people. I really don't, right? But I'm happy to pass it off the moment that somebody's like, it's their their call. Does that make sense too? Yeah. Like, um, if if at any point that like I need to step up and do something, then I'm happy to do it, and then immediately step back into my role of, hey, this is where I'm at. <laughs> I don't need the spotlight, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I really don't. Have Although you, it may seem that way. <laughs> do you, uh, if, if you hop on Vital Functional Fitness's page and watch the podcast, it's like all, all you see is Dale. <laughs> oh, no. You, it's just two of us in here, so this isn't really leading or nothing like that, so we're good. Goodness. What? You all tangled up? I'm like there? kicking stuff. <laughs> Oops. Um, I'm just spit on you, too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but it's all right. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen that video? This guy's like spitting, and you're like... He's like <laughs> spitting. It's like this funny YouTube video. He's like, that's the Holy Spirit. It's automatically systematic. And he's Ooh. like spitting the whole time. Oh, he's preaching or what? Oh, he's just some dude on the street. Oh, wow. I'll have to show you the video. It is not. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, automatically systematic. <laughs> oh, trying man. to think of another question I can ask that's re- like relationship with church or uh like people in your life. What do you, okay, let's, it's hard to pitch in the scenario because you're not there, but what would you do if maybe you're the first person in your family to be stepping out and be becoming a Christian? How oh. would you, how would you give them advice? If I was the first person? Yeah, let's say you live in a family that's been destructive your yeah. whole life and, and God somehow found you or you found him. What do you do? How do you become the Christian you're supposed to be with a family that doesn't back you? Let's see, we could even take it from a, 
a, a wife that That's just very, got saved. Very, very or, hard situation. You know, yeah. What? What? Help well, me out here. The the, and this is just for me viewing on the outside of like relationships like that. It's oftentimes a division. Either the family follows suit or there's a division in the family. Mm-hmm. It's extremely hard in the family because there's a divide over following God or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And why are you always at church? And why are you praying and reading your Bible? You could be washing dishes right now. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Yeah. That divide can be very serious. But unfortunately... Those people do not answer for your soul. <laughs> so the decision has to be made. Your family doesn't come first when it comes to relationship with God. It is God, then it is your family in that yeah. order. So it is a harsh reality for some people like, whoa, you're telling me that the right call would be to, to yes, do my best to love my family, but I have to choose God first? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's That's reality because at the end of the day, when you when you perish, when you die, your family is not going to be standing beside you. Man, brutal. That's hard. It's really hard. But there's people that are dealing with it. Like even some oh, of our absolutely. listeners are dealing with this. Yeah. And it's like you are. To me, I can give you like I'm going to speak into your life. If that's who you are, God is designing a pillar for the future for your family. Okay. If it's, um, I noticed a lot last podcast, I hold you do that a lot. Yeah. It's because I'm trying to like, listen, I guess I feel like I can't hear enough, (laughs) but yeah. So like (laughs) if, if, if you're the one that God has picked and you're like looking at your family and you're like, nobody's saved, nobody believes in the Lord, but he's picked me or I found him or I'm beginning to build relationship. Be encouraged that you are a pillar for the future of your family. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For generations below you, you're the impact. And it has to start somewhere. Yeah. It was like he said, it's generational. Yeah. It's generational to receive it and it's a generational to break the curse on your family too. Yeah. And and a lot of times God's using you because you have a good soil in your heart. And that's what I always go to is like if you have good soil, God can take that. Like Paul, we talked about him, he was killing Christians. But he had good soil. He was zealous about the word of God, even though he, he was, was using it to kill people. Yeah, he was he was zealous about God and and the relationship with God. So therefore, he had good soil. So God built on that soil. Yeah. Right now, you've probably grown up your whole life outside of church. You've grown out without having a relationship with God, and you're finally getting a relationship with Him. It's because you have good soil, and God found you, and He's planting seed in you. Yeah, your family, like you said, sometimes it'll they'll choose to follow. And then sometimes it divides the whole family down, but he's the stumbling block. He, Jesus can neither make or break your family as far as their mentality towards it. Absolutely. Not him. Yeah. And obviously God's desire, if like he, if you receive him is that you become the person who helps your family also turn to him. Right. That's the desire. (laughs) Obviously that's his desire. Um, and I know what I said was like sounded really harsh. Like about what? Oh, like you know that like it sound like well, no, what I said was definitely true. But I don't want to make it about sound, picking your family or God. Yeah, it, you have to. Yeah, you don't have a choice. You, you really don't. don't. Um, it's brutally honest and brutally simple at the same time. Doesn't mean that you should hate your family. <laughs> yeah, God is love. He wants you to love your family, and through His love, hopefully they will see that, you know, their hearts will be broken, you know? Um, but there's no guarantee. There is no guarantee. Right. What would you do if you were receiving the cold shoulder? Like, what do you, what would you say as a, as someone who's just now becoming Christian, they receive the cold shoulder because of the faith that they're choosing to have. I don't know that I have the, um, credibility to talk on that really. You know what I mean? Cause you've never experienced it. I've never it. experienced it. Yeah. I mean, obviously the simple answer is, Praying. you know, pray, read the Bible, hold the faith. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the simple answer. But man, I've never been there, dude. I, I don't mean, know I've heard, that. I've heard of like wives, like if they're, they just got an encounter by the Lord, their husband doesn't serve the Lord, that they've prayed over their pillow, like pray over the pillow, pray that their mind rests at night and God would begin to reveal and open their heart and that kind of stuff. And like you start interceding on behalf of somebody. Yeah. Because 
ultimately you're praying their salvation through like you're trying to get God to impact their life somehow or allow yeah. them to be impacted by God. So it's hard because like in this particular situation that I'm thinking in my mind, it's like you it's a struggle because I feel like there's a spirit of I'm good because the things that I've done in life are good and I don't really need God like what we were talking about. Dude, I love that conversation. It was really good <laughs> in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like there is it's like if I'm good and I'm doing the things that I need to do to be a good person, why do I need to invest more time in a relationship? I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think in this scenario, that's kind of what we're dealing with, the one yeah. that I have in my mind. It's like they feel like they're good. They don't need God. They don't need the relationship with the Father. So, therefore, you're kind of looked upon as like, oh, you're trying to be a goody two-shoe because you're becoming a Christian now. Yeah. But I know what you've done. In oh, life. dude, for sure. That's the biggest thing. Is it's hard. And you're when you're in a family and you're stepping out, they know all your dirty laundry. Every single thing. So for them to say, Oh, like, oh, you're a Christian now, like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. How how damaging well, damaging is not the right word. Well, maybe. How damaging how 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 hard do you believe or how damaging is knowing that um your significant other and your family members know it can be extremely damaging, right? Know because they know, faults. they know your faults yeah. um, and they can be used as weapons, man, they just can. to destroy you. And I think it's funny or not funny. I think it's sad that Jesus couldn't perform miracles in his hometown. Yeah. They always say like profit in his hometown will be discredited. Like, right. and so when you're coming out, of that mess and you're trying to build a life with Christ, a lot of times it's not you. It's just that it works against you because they know you personally. They knew him as Joseph's son, the carpenter. They yeah. didn't know him as Jesus, Jesus the son of, of God. God. Yeah. So in their minds, they were already shut off to anything he would say. So he couldn't, he, he said, dust the feet off, dust your feet off and let's go. We're going to another place because you can't, yeah, you can't expect them to see who God's creating you to be because they're looking at who you used to be. Yeah. So it's just this hard scenario. That's why I wanted to bring it up because it's like I don't, I, for one, don't get discouraged. There's yeah. people like us that encourage you to keep going. Yeah. You know, and keep praying for them and keep being an example and try to not look like your family when you get around them. I know that sounds bad, but it's like don't, don't live holy, and then when you get around your family, do something unholy to make them feel comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. And then you go back to being holy. You've got to keep a standard now, but it's not a like rub it in your face standard. It's yeah. a standard out of love, but you're getting changed. Allow yourself, allow God to change you even when you're around your family. Yeah. Because that's hard, man. That's a tough situation. Couples would be, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine how hard that is. Dude. The Bible says unequally yoked. Like, don't yeah. be that. Because you've got one pulling hard and one dragging. And yeah. you're having to drag someone's body to salvation. That's not fun. When you're one, half your body's not working. Yeah. That's <laughs> not a good thing. So. Hmm. Boom. That's brutal. <laughs> what? I was just like. The conversation? I was literally just visualizing, you know, that whole. Dragging that scenari- body? <laughs> literally that scenario of like somebody who's new to faith. Receive if it isn't hard enough, you know, yeah. starting off. Yeah, imagine being in a relationship where someone is like, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Yeah, you and know. the big thing is, is we, whenever you're the one being impacted by God, a lot of times like, oh, we got to stop doing X, Y, Z, this, yeah, that, yeah. the other, mm-hmm. and your family's not impacted. They're like, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't have to change nothing. Yeah. Why are you trying to change me all of a sudden? Chill like, out, holy roller. <laughs> we were cool last week when yeah. you were drinking with me, but now yeah. what is it? You know, like, and your friends are the same way. Like, your friends will hold you accountable more knowing that you're a Christian. It's really funny. Like, our podcast is called Behind the Better. So what are the steps? You know, we're trying to find steps in life to make us better people. Mm. That's the goal. And so we're trying, me and you, yeah. are constantly trying to evolve as humans and become better. That's the goal. That's what we, uh, we're desiring for yeah. this. And at the end of the day... Our goal is unobtainable without Christ. 
<laughs> we're just good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Behind the goods. Oh, Jake, we fell from the beginning. <laughs> You'll never be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Sorry. <laughs> I got totally, like, brain. It's like, fine. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's kind of a joke because it we is. should desire to be better people. Yes. Absolutely. And we shouldn't have, use it ever as an excuse, you know, for us to say, well, you know, I'm saved. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, it's just funny that the answer to every better that you can get is the same answer. It's just we keep like. <laughs> it's just that I think you hit the nail on the head about two or three weeks ago when we sat down and you were like, dude, I've got to get better at these things in life. And those things in order are my relationship with Christ has got to get to take a step forward. Yeah. It's got to get better. And from there, everything else gets better. Yeah. You know what I mean? But understanding that that's phase one. Yeah. Is and the if most you're looking for a scripture thing. for that, uh, seek out the kingdom of God and all of the things will come into place. Yeah. What's the scripture? Do you know? I don't know the actual Jake, man. When he brings it, he doesn't tell me the oh, name of it. Man. Oh. <laughs> All you'd have to do is type in on Google, seek first the kingdom of God, and it'll pop right up. And that's what it is, is you seek first that personality. Well, we needed to make sure we tag it. Yeah, it's important. Sure. I think. I'll look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, do it right Talk now. About something. Just while, fill it in. while you're looking up that. All right, guys, what we want, <laughs> what we want today is a sponsor fitting. <laughs> I'll look it up right now. Um, no, someone brought that up to me the other day. Like, hey, if y'all reference a scripture, I'd like to know the verse. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So Matthew six thirty three. <clears throat> um, I like to read Amplified, but I can't see it right here. So, That's but good. seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all other things will be given to you as well. Yep. And that's not. <clears throat> I really do believe Matthew what six thirty three. Yeah, I believe. Let me make cool. We need to make sure we tag that at the in the sure. notes. <clears throat> so you know, that's that's where we're at. Is like we keep. Yeah, every week we're trying to think of something better. Yeah. But it's like it always leads back to him. Yeah. And he's the only way, the truth, and the life. Like, yeah. He's the way to go. I love that, like, every, <clears throat> the last few podcasts we've done, like, we've had, like, books. Yeah, we have. <clears throat> to read from it. Yeah, because I I love to learn, right? And it's something it's so weird because, like, I don't know that I really cared to learn, like, the way I do now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's become, like, more important to me in the last year or so. Like, understanding that learning or continuing to educate myself and have understanding is, like, so important, right? Anyways, tidbit for you. (laughs) But I love it that we're, like, okay, books, the book we started reading. Yeah. Right? I'm hoping, like, in two weeks we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, the sad part is I don't know if we can plug it because I don't think they have any built. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd have is to, it brand new book? No, I mean it's been out, but I I would have to talk to him about like see if they have copies of it. Oh, yeah. okay. Can you purchase it somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean it's something that if we do put it out, and especially after the documentary, <clears throat> and like there's things that hmm. it's this is going to be a good resource for people that never got to be heard because at this time, one I wasn't old enough to help push. Yeah. And there wasn't the social media like we have now. Yeah. So there's plenty of stuff that can be released. But I just like you said, you know, oh, up until a year, I've been really edu- like learning edu- like to educate myself. I, I think that if everybody just stepped back and really looks at their life, there's a pivotal point for everybody. Yeah. And I think that look back before this podcast happened, there's little things you can point out. And be like that's something that needed to be fixed. But God's doing it now. Like it it brought us together. It brought this podcast together. There's certain things that are happening that God was already dealing with a year ago that now are coming to fruition. Yeah, so I, I started thinking about it. It's probably been more than a year. Like yeah. realistically, it's been probably the last two to three years. Yeah. More realistically, but yeah. yeah. Well then two to three years. <laughs> I was thinking about right now. Yeah, no, for sure. Like everything, there's a plan. There is. Know, so, and I think that, that's why, like, if you look at your life and you're like, whether it be negative or positive right now, your footsteps are ordered of God and, and everything that's happening right now is for a reason. I don't care if it's negative. If it's negative, he uses it for the good. It will always lead you back to exactly where God wants you to be. I believe that with every bit. Even if you've gone off the deep end, homeless, 
God will always restore and he'll bring you right oh, back. Absolutely. I say that because that's one of the stories in my family. And so just know that it doesn't matter what you're going through. If, if you have a relationship with God, it says he's the author of your faith, but not only that, he's going to finish what he starts. Have a hope knowing that if you're just now stepping into Christianity, if you're just now building a relationship with God, he has a purpose, a plan for your life, plan and a purpose for your life. And that's where you're headed. Your pivotal point is coming. That's the point where everything lines up. And now you understand your calling completely. Let's write a book. <laughs> the pivotal point. Is the pivotal the name of the documentary. Point. There it is. It is. Like I've already, we've already talked about it. Yeah. That's the one we're going to make it because it's, I don't think it's just for us. I think it's for everybody. Yeah. Everybody has their pivotal point. Cool. I'm going to write a book on it. Don't screw it up. <laughs> You only get one shot. It's Don't do some <laughs> sub A production. <laughs> what is A list actors? Or yeah. Is that like that's good actors or bad? Actors? I don't. A list is like A list is yeah, like the top. Yeah, be some C list production oh, film. Man, no, there's no way. I want it to be good. It's gonna be good. I'm, I have pour, no I'm gonna pour my heart into it. I know. I know that. you will. So hopefully it's good. It's gonna see, be in two good. years. I want to release it. No, it'll, it'll be sooner than. It'll that. be the last. Um, today's the last time I see you until two years from now. <laughs> I'm going to come back with a beard like Forrest Gump. You're right. I just kept running until I wrote the whole thing. The whole thing. All right, man. Cool. Good, good good talk podcast. today, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, end it. That was a quick ending. I feel like it was way rushed. Was it? I don't know. Say something ins- inspirational. Work hard, play hard. <laughs>